The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Today we're going to talk about SmackDown Live for February 7th, 2017. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined as always by Wrestling Inc.'s own Raj Giri. Raj, how's it going, man? Good, man. How are you? Doing well. So today we're going to talk about SmackDown Live, a little bit about what happened on Talking Smack. Of course, also touch on Elimination Chamber, which is coming up this Saturday, and touch upon the current status for Seth Rollins as we head into WrestleMania season, or rather we're in WrestleMania season. It will be here before we know it. Uh, That being said, let's start with SmackDown Live. What did you think overall top-down view on the show last night, Raj? Yeah, I thought it was just there. Uh, I feel like... This is the second week in a row where I felt like SmackDown just kind of felt like a lot of filler. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't think it was anything special. You know, I thought it was a peppy show. I liked uh, a lot of the individual segments. It did feel like there was some repeat action there. We saw some things that we'd seen, uh, obviously, a couple times before, which I think is inevitable given the size of both rosters. But I don't know. I thought the the better moments outshined any dull ones for certain. It's weird to me that Illumination Chamber is coming up right now. Uh, you know, we just come off the Royal Rumble. We're going to the Chamber. They're really putting over the, the gimmick of the Elimination Chamber match. And uh, yeah, I like that SmackDown's got this immediate momentum. But how do you raise the stakes and make it feel really meaningful since we just had the Rumble? Yeah. A week well, ago. it just SmackDown lately has just been feeling like the B show. Um you know, there, there's, they don't have the big surprises on SmackDown. All the, the mega stars, other than John Cena, are on, are on Raw. Uh-huh. So, um, so yeah. That being said, I did like the, I did like the opening segment with Daniel Bryan. It almost felt like he was teasing uh, that he was going to be leaving again, yeah, yeah, because you know he is going to have his baby soon. Um, so I'm glad that didn't happen because Daniel Bryan's really one of the. Uh, the the high spots of SmackDown, the the shining spots. Uh, so I'm I'm glad that didn't happen. Yeah. So Daniel Bryan came out and cut a promo talking about how the last time he was in Seattle was when he announced his retirement, talking about how it was good to be home. And uh, then of course he was interrupted by the Miz, who just man such a master of getting heat in any situation. But it was so, it was so nicely served up for him uh, going toe to toe with Daniel in front of his hometown crowd last night. And uh, then to have him be interrupted by uh, Baron Corbin, then have Dean Ambrose and AJ Styles come up setting a fatal four-way. So what did you think of the, this sort of round-robin promo style that they've been doing lately more and more? I think they do it too much. But, uh, you know, I, that being said, it set up the main event. I, you know, I thought The Miz was great here. Uh, AJ, I, I thought, fumbled a little bit with this promo coming out. Uh, but... Uh, I thought the Miz really, really carried this segment. So, yeah, and it set up a fatal four-way match for last night. And this is what we were talking about the other night, man. It's like so we got Elimination Chamber coming up this Sunday. Four, these four guys are going to be in the Elimination Chamber, and then last night we saw them in a fatal four-way match. I feel like uh, you know, in a lot of ways, it was a preview of what's to come. And that's probably a good question we should ask Matt Morgan on the Monday podcast. But how much repetition is there, or how much do you consciously think about? the, the uh, repetitive choreography when you do these longer stretched out buildups, um, almost like like rehearsals, right? I mean, we had four, four sixths of the Elimination Chamber match last night facing off. Um, I loved when they did the segment of roll-ups last night. I thought that was very well choreographed and very nicely executed. But you have to wonder, is, is it just a dry run for what they're going to do on Sunday? Uh, probably. I mean, they, that's what the house show matches usually are. I mean, if you're if you're curious what's going to happen on Raw, just look at the weekend live results, and often you'll if you see a, a match that seems kind of odd, uh, chances are that's because they're prepping it for TV. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought um, you know I thought it was a little surprising to have Corbin beat AJ. Um, yeah, especially because as of right now, he's not in a in a big WrestleMania match. I think AJ could use that momentum after you know losing the title. Uh, especially if AJ's not winning at Elimination Chamber 
this uh, this Sunday. Someone's asking me when I said no megastars. John Armstrong's asking AJ Styles is not a megastar. Uh, no, he's not like a Brock Lesnar, Goldberg, Undertaker. Uh, you know, at least in WWE size, as far as a draw and everything goes. So no, um, but I I think he. Like I've said, I've, I thought he was the MVP of WWE last year. I think he's awesome, but WWE doesn't perceive him at that level of star. And it, I mean, it just shows in the Royal Rumble poster and the fact that he's probably wrestling Shane McMahon in a, a throwaway match at WrestleMania. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I, I would have probably had AJ win just to kind of, because I don't think anyone thinks Corbin's going to leave with the WWE title. AJ, I think, is more plausible. Uh, so I would have had AJ win that match and make it seem like he's on his way to regaining the title. I feel like with Corbin, the way they're building him, they need to give him a win here and there just to maintain. Yeah, you can give him a win, but you don't have to have him win this match. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, well, it was a night of surprising wins, which we will get to. See, I think uh, even bigger surprise what they did in the tag match, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um so yeah, they did a hype that we were going to have uh, f- those four men in the elimination chamber on Sunday, and then we got something that was a little unique. Uh, we got a Luke Harper promo last night. What, what did you make of that? At first, I, I like it did a double take. I was like, "Is this Bray? Is this Randy?" I was like, "No, no." The the least spoken member of the Wyatt family, uh, Sans uh, Eric Rowan, doing a promo. I, I thought that was the best thing about this episode was them kind of pushing Luke Harper. And it seems like it's working. So uh, I, I thought that was I thought that was good. I thought this was a, a good episode for Harper. I think it's interesting how they're going to book him and develop him. And I know we've talked about this before. I mean, I think everybody is interested in seeing him succeed because he's got such a unique quality. And even in hearing him talk, right? He's got he actually reminds me more of fully currently than fully in his heyday. The way that he has that sort of soft intensity about him. Um, I mean, how do you think they? They develop this further. He's going up against Randy Orton in Elimination Chamber on Sunday. Um, do you think that he needs more of a characterization or just being a, you know, a quiet Wyatt? Oh, God, that, ter- that was the worst thing that I've said. A quiet Wyatt. Uh, do you think that, uh, that that's enough as far as character development? I mean, I've I've been saying it for a while that I think he needs to tweak his character, uh, change, his, change his outfit a little bit. I'm not saying, you know, go to trunks and you know uh, anything like that but you know tweak your outfit you know talk more um but yeah i think booking him against randy orton i mean you would think i mean with wwe you never never know because wins and losses usually don't matter but usually with someone with orton they do protect him more so you would assume that orton's probably winning since he's you know heading into wrestlemania into one of the main events um yeah but I feel like they could have put Harper in there with someone else and get, give him a win and, uh, you know, give him some momentum before kind of beating him right early into his, his face turn. Yeah. Uh, after that segment, we had this. This was interesting. A satellite interview from two performers that were in the building. Um, Natalia and Nikki Bella being uh, kept separate, given their history of confrontations recently with uh, Tom Phillips asking the questions, are you getting more interested or invested in this feud? I mean, this is also going to be an elimination chamber. We're going to have three women's matches on the card. Is that a record in this modern era? I'm trying to think of the last time we went beyond one at a pay-per-view, let alone two. I think they've done two before, but, yeah, but three. three, I can't I can't remember the last time they did that, if they've done that. Um, yeah, and three one-on-one matches. Right. Yeah, I can't I can't think of the last time they've done that. But, you know, the, with all their top guys in the main event, you know, they got s- six guys that are all, you know, kind of the guys that have been carrying SmackDown in the main event other than Randy Orton. Uh, you know, that that leaves a lot of room to, to flesh out the rest of the card. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed the back and forth. I feel like they're maybe you, running. You, wait, wait, wait. You enjoyed the Nikki Bella and Natalia back and forth. I like the way that they do it, but I feel that they get to really mean too quick with it. Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't simmer. Terrible. I think it goes to boil and then it boils over. Like they I, thought, bring I, I feel like this whole feud has just been terrible. Uh, and and it, it shouldn't be because they're two of the most, uh, you know, Talia's one of the best workers, uh, female workers that they have. Nikki Bella is probably the most over female that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it should, at least definitely on SmackDown. So I was hoping that it would be, you know, I was expecting a lot more from this feud. I thought that segment was terrible. 
the attack on Talking Smack was a little better, but I, I think one of the things that really brought SmackDown uh, down a couple notches last night was this segment. It was weird, the pacing of it, having them do this as a, as a sit-down interview uh, in this format. And I think it could have been shorter, and I think that they could have tried to have one where it was a little more civil and then have it, you know, and then cut away from it once it boiled over. But I feel like it goes to the you're going to die old and alone thing, you know, John's going to leave you, and then it's like, where do you go from there? You know, it's like you have you play that card, and then Natalia just runs it into the ground. Um, but yeah, it could have been shorter. But no, I, I enjoy the way that they've built this. I think that it needs more shades of gray as opposed to black and white, as it were. Um, after that, okay, so speaking of repetition, uh, Dolph Ziggler versus Apollo Crews with uh, a Callisto run-in after the match. So Crews uh, won. I mean, it was fast. This was very fast. This was one of those, like, I couldn't believe how quickly it was over. Has, has this done anything to build your interest in it, this whole back and forth and, and whatnot with uh, him and Callisto and Apollo? Nope. Yep. Okay. That pretty much sums it up. Um, someone in the comments, if you're really invested in this feud, tell us more about yourself and why. The best essay that's at least 100 words will uh, get a shout out from me on Twitter. So one guy um, is getting on my case because he's because of my comment about Raw having stars and saying, What's going to happen when all the part-timers are gone? The biggest star on Raw is a 50-year-old Goldberg. The same thing they do every year. They, they just bring back part-timers every year. It's been going on for like 10 years. So, you know, when this crop of part-timers is gone, it's going to be Cena and, you know, and Orton once he goes part-time. So it's, it's you know, the same thing that they've been doing. So anyway. <clears throat> yeah. I'm not for it. I, I think it's a big mistake. I don't think the part-timers should be dominating a WrestleMania card. I think... Uh, it it has more uh, downside than upside. You get your one uh, one big money match, but it kind of hurts the brand overall and and your current stars. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They just don't seem. They, they almost seem to feel as if because that's an option. I think it it uh, it's a, a crutch, right? And they don't feel the need to elevate or build stars as much because they know they can bring these guys in. Well, the problem is they don't see a lot of their current, you know, current uh, stars as mega stars. You know, they don't see AJ Styles and uh, Kevin Owens at the same level as they see Undertaker and Goldberg. They see Roman Reigns in that mix. That's why he's thrown into that mix, but not many other guys. Yeah, I think there's also sort of a pay-per-view mentality still. I know we've talked about this before, but with the network being what it is, you don't have to worry about a buy rate so much. But the idea that if you could see AJ Styles, um, even John Cena, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns weekly on your TV, then if we're going to bring in The Undertaker, bring in Goldberg, bring him in for uh, bring in Lesnar, that's more incentive to make it special and make it something that's worth tuning in on Sunday. Yeah. Um, although, yeah, you would think uh, the more we shift away from pay-per-view buy, uh, buys, that's going to change. So uh, after that match, are, is that is that happening? On a, uh, I mean, we'll talk about the Elimination Chamber card, but I, I'm assuming we're getting – are we getting a three-way between Ziggler, Cruz, and Callisto? Or are we getting no, it's a, they announced a handicap match. Oh, that's right, two-on-one. And then th- we didn't discuss the Black History spot. They did do a different one, uh, Rosa Parks. Yes. Uh, do you think these are weird – um, I think that it's strange to me that the WWE involves themselves in everything. Well, I, I think it's great that they involve themselves in Black History Month. Oh, no, no. It's great that they involve themselves in it. But I'm saying it's almost like they it's almost like they feel a need to a certain segment. It's like uh, we've talked about this before. The most awkward thing they ever did in 2008 when they had uh, Obama and Hillary Clinton and McCain like record those get out and vote. Things. Well, it's it's for me, it's not even that. It's like you only have african-american talent your your african-american wrestlers doing these and i just feel like i don't know it just seems like well white it's important for white people too you know have yeah, them but, talk about rosa parks you know yeah, and, you and imagine vince mcmahon vince mcmahon's like rosa parks was very important to me i remember as a child you know i mean can well, you imagine? vince always talks about how mlk yeah. is so important to him so it doesn't have to you know uh but just having your African-American talent reading on the same script, they're just reading different parts. I just think is, it's just weird. I think yeah. you can, I think you can have everyone talking about it because it did have a, a, a big influence. 
they're they're going the the safe route and i'm not saying that rosa parks does not i don't think it's safe you don't think it's no, safe? no no like no if you so watch safe. if you watch nfl or anyone else yeah. when they do black history month they they involve everyone uh they don't just involve their black players so i uh, think the wwe probably there's there's some sort of case to be made we talked about this the other night whether it's new day um you know and the criticism they faced when they initially debuted from some people in the black community um, especially some sports writers that, that called them out on their original shtick. I think that the WWE is handling this in the most sensitive pedestrian way possible to to recognize it while at the same time shielding themselves from any form of criticism. I think it's kind of the other way. I mean, I, I, I think they're coming from a good place when they're doing oh, this. Yeah. But, you know, just saying this is Black History Month, this is who, you know, these are the people who it's important to, I guess. I don't know. It's 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 not a uh, Black History Month is not something that's supposed to be just for African Americans. It's supposed to be uh, to celebrate, you know, their contributions and everything. So uh, for everyone. So anyway. Yeah, but the, you know what I like about them is they remind me of you know back in the day those uh, little PSA adverts. I mean, it just needs at the end to go with you know. And if you'd like to learn more about Rosa Parks, visit your local library. You know, it's got very much that feel to it. And but I think that's the audience that they're aiming to with it. I mean, you and I are not the people that they're trying to raise awareness with. I think it's for kids that are watching the program, specifically African American children. Right, but then the kids should know that it's not just African American. You know, it shouldn't be yeah. just African American speaking on you know these uh, the influence that some of these people have had. I think you need to write a letter, Rosh. I think so. WWE. Or, or where's Wrestling Inc? Wrestling Inc needs to recognize Black History Month. I want you to put some packages together. You know, you could spotlight different wrestlers. You could have your, your Rainbow Coalition talking about what they've meant to them. You know, why not just don't criticize the problem, fix the problem. I think that's the key. All right. Um, you, we'll, we'll put you on that. I Absolutely. I'll be happy to just do that and ramble though I put my foot in my mouth um so back from the break uh Daniel Bryan had the thing with Ziggler backstage that's what set up the handicap match and then uh went to the ring for the first ever dual contract signing was it the first ever duel or the first ever woman's duel I think it's the first ever duel I don't really? remember yeah I enjoyed that everyone comes out uh Mickey James Alexa Bliss Becky Lynch and Naomi and Naomi does her full entrance I love that for a contract signing yeah, I thought Alexa was just great here. I thought she she's just such a great heel right now. Um, I, I think she's uh she can become SmackDown Charlotte, just a little more seasoning. Yeah, and at three quarters of the height. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it was good. Although Mickey, what'd you make of Mickey doing that very slow cadence throughout this? I thought that was a little different than we've seen her recently. Her very. Uh, intentional delivery style, almost like she was trying to pace it. Um, I thought, you know, with Mickey, I'm glad that she's on SmackDown. I think it really helps that women's division. I thought she got kind of out, outshined here by by Alexa. So, uh, you know, my 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 takeaway after seeing that was was really Alexa's promo. I thought Alexa was great. Um, it's funny, I was watching it with my wife. She was like, why are they all sort of dressed up in Naomi's in her ring gear? And I was like, because Naomi knows how these things go in the WWE. When's the last time we had a contract signing without it devolving into some sort of brawl? Yeah, there's been a few, but yeah. usually, the, yeah, that's usually it's, not the case. Yeah, this isn't the UFC. They don't shake hands at the end, get in each other's face, and everyone turns around and goes their separate ways. Even though um, that could be effective once in a while, if you just have them get in their face and leave it at that. I think the live crowd would... I mean, for TV, that would be cool. I think the live crowd would be a little pissed. It's like, I came here to see stars. This isn't Cruiser. what I came to see. Yeah, but that's it's not about that episode of SmackDown. It's about to build a pay-per-view. Yeah. So if you have them in a tense face-off, like if you did that with Goldberg and Lesnar, and then you have you know, a bunch of referees and they're breaking it up, which is kind of what they were doing before Survivor Series, I think it's, it's, it's more effective than kind of doing the same thing where whoever's winning uh, gets beaten down and... And, uh, and yeah, who did get beaten down? Uh, the heels got the better end of it. Last uh, night, right? Yeah, they uh, Naomi and um, Becky threw him out of the ring, threw him back into the ring, and then the heels took off. Okay, so they're the and, heels. Are, so the heels are winning this Sunday, basically. And I don't know if you heard this, Becky or not Becky. Uh, Mickey said when she was walking back, she was yelling at her and said, "I'm wearing heels," which I was like, <laughs> "That's pretty good." 
you know, I mean, the little asides, that's that's the parts for me that, that really make or break an episode a lot of the time. Um, let's take a moment right now and thank the sponsor of this episode, which is DDP Yoga, DDPY. So you've seen their stuff. They're awesome. Max Pack It's used by Chris Jericho, AJ Styles, Mick Foley, Goldust. These guys have used DDPY and gotten in the best shape of their lives. The, the year is 10% over. What are you doing for your health? What are you doing for your fitness? Right now, we've got a deal for you. You can get 25% off three months of full access to the DDP Yoga Now app, or you can get three months of full access plus the DVDs for 25% off. And great deal. Get a Max or Combo Pack at 25% off and get 50% off a second one. Get an accountability buddy. Partner up on this. Do DDP Yoga. Take control of your health. Take control of your life for 2017. Diamond Dallas Page going into the Hall of Fame this year. This man has changed so many lives with DDP Yoga. Look at the Jake the Snake documentary. Look at the Scott uh, the Scott Hall documentary. See just how these guys have transformed themselves, even in an older age, right? You hear about how hard it is to get in shape as you get older, and these guys were able to do it. How? DDPY. Here's what we want you to do. Head on over to our, our link at ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. That's ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. To take advantage of that deal. Again, 25% off or buy a max or combo pack at 25% off. Get 50% off the second one. Go sign up now. ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. And we thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. So last night, this was uh, newsworthy. Uh, the Ascension, now even though this was a uh, a three-on-three tag match, the Ascension pinned somebody. That kind of kind of breaks their losing streak um, to have a member of the Ascension involved in a victory. I actually went and looked online. 2015 was the last time this happened. They went 2016, just losing, losing, losing. For me, this was this was one of the high points of the night. Really? Just because it was like. I mean, think about it. When you see the Ascension, do you ever... Do you ever no, think- I think this is a bathroom break. And that's what yeah. this match was. Uh, it was a, just filler. These multi-person tag team matches with, you know, Breezango and Ascension and, and the Bob Villains just keep bringing American Alpha down. That's why they're not... Uh, they, they've been stuck in the same spot despite winning the tag titles. So... Um, yeah, fine. The Ascension got a win, but it doesn't mean anything. And uh, American Alpha and the Usos, who the Usos could have used the win more because they're a team you could do something with. Uh, American Alpha and the Usos should be removed from these teams as soon as possible uh, to kind of get some steam and, and kind of break away from this uh, this mundane inutia that is the SmackDown tag team division. Now, do you think it's injury with the Usos that derailed this repackaging of them and getting a push? Or do you think that they just don't know what they want to do with it? They really know they're they're not feeling it creative because it seems like this was set up, right? They were set up as the credible heel tag team in in SmackDown. And I feel like they have not been booked that way. We have not seen this play out. You've had, you know, the Wyatts get a championship victory under SmackDown for the tag titles, but not the Usos. Well, this is the the problem when I, you know, when Dolph Ziggler turns heel and when you beat them right off the bat when they turn heel, uh, you know, the Usos were beaten the next week after they turn heel. I feel like when, when you give someone a character change, you got to give them a lot of momentum. And it, and with Ziggler, when I say a lot of momentum, I'm not talking about just beating up Kalisto with a chair every week. I'm talking about um, quickly going up, you know, quickly breaking out from where they were, you know, from the, the mid-level that they were stuck at, going up a notch and uh, and going from there. Because Ziggler is basically in the same spot he was before, just, you know, now as a heel. Well, and with the Usos, they actually lost something in turning them heel because his faces, they were pretty over with kids. You know, I felt like that they they were colorful, they were enjoyable, they were good for what they were. And now as heels, I don't know, do the Usos even have a fan base really anymore? Um, I think that there's just no momentum with it. And yeah, you're absolutely right that putting them amongst this cast of characters, same with American Alpha, it's like we had the sideshow mixed with the, the credible teams last night. And they've been doing this more and more. Elisa is asking, why not let them win so they can actually build other teams? That's fine. Just don't put American Alpha and the Usos in it. And when you've been building them as a job team for two years and then all of a sudden give them a win, it's fine, but it doesn't matter. And that's what I'm saying. I I think it was just, it was a nice little pleasant surprise just to see something different happen. It certainly got my attention. Um, And, you know, push the ascension. I think that's what we can really take away from this is that uh, this is the start of their push and uh, main event WrestleMania. You know, we're going to see the comeback. 
<laughs> uh, no, I don't know. They're they're probably not going to do anything with them. I just thought it was nice for. They'll be in. The, they'll probably be in the Andre Battle Royal. Yeah. Uh, maybe next the Vaude Villains can get a win. That hasn't happened in quite some time. Uh, so yeah, but last night the Ascension the Usos and the Vaude Villains did win that three tag match, and we're going to have tag team turmoil. So they're basically just tossing everyone in the ring. Um, how's that going to work at Elimination Chamber? Um, I think. What do they usually do with tag turmoils? Isn't it? two teams are in and they they can tag whoever they want oh the, that was just that one the sort of any man goes as opposed to like yeah it's not like everyone's just in the ring yeah so we'll see who uh we'll, we'll get to our predictions later in the episode but man it's just they, they really got to do move someone move someone from raw i don't even know who from raw anyone from raw just just they need to shake this up or move american alpha to raw i don't know like just this it's it's getting too weird this tag team division here i've talked about this before but it's like you're seeing an entire comic book universe of characters trying to fight against each other and it looks strange it's just it's like an aquaman villain fighting an x-men character it's just it, it does not match when you have american alpha as real athletes and these other guys that are cartoon characters that's my take on it um so we got the well we got a plug david otunga is going to appear on criminal minds and uh, i love that the wwe wwe puts over any appearance by their talent on any other show it's like starring in an episode of criminal minds and he, they like cut to the clip and it's like he's in this for 15 seconds it's fine i mean it, yeah you know it was weirder when uh was it the seahawks when they won the super bowl and daniel bryan was in in the seahawks parade and they didn't mention it on tv because who knows who Daniel Bryan is? That's, the That's when, when Daniel Bryan was on the up and up. It yeah. was either the World Series Parade or the Super Bowl Parade. And they didn't show uh, Daniel Bryan at all when he was one of their top stars. So, yeah, I remember so. uh, the Today Show spent two minutes with John Cena talking about his match against the guy from Atlanta. The guy from Atlanta again shows you. And that kind of underscores your point about AJ Styles. There are people that WWE sees as the Goldbergs, the Lesners, those that they can mention in mainstream media who people know about and those that is just for us wrestling nerds yeah. like and that's how they see aj styles yeah if those hosts had said that they didn't know who randy orton was that would not make wwe tv yeah yeah absolutely um so there's there is an interesting double standard remember as much as we love aj styles that is what uh vince thinks of him uh we got the package again about the rock and roll express going to the hall of fame and that brought us to the main event last night which was john cena versus randy orton um, of course, there were hijinks uh, and interference in the match, uh, causing John Cena to win, but it not being a clear and definitive win over Orton. What did you think of the match themselves with these two guys going at it? It's been a while since we've seen this. Um, I thought it was good. I mean, these guys can go. I didn't think it was anything special. I didn't think it was one of their best matches. But, um, you know, 50-50, Orton pinned Cena last week, Cena pinned Orton this week. Um, but it was it was it was fine i feel like orton still got some go in him but it's not the same as seeing cena versus aj um or cena versus ambrose or one of these younger guys who i think has a little more energy with it with randy i feel like randy is along for the ride on a lot of matches so it's kind of weird to see two guys that occupy that same mindset in the ring going against each other you know, I thought it was a serviceable match, but I didn't think it was by any means a barn burner. There were no real standout moments to me. I think it's just been done so much that there's no there's no buzz when they're in there. And there should be for being two of the oh, yeah. biggest stars of the last decade in WWE. Uh, you would think it would be uh, the crowd would be insanely hot. You know, they were normal. It was like a, they were just as hot as if it was Dean Ambrose against AJ. So um and it could have been more, right? I mean, that video package before, I, I thought the video package did a fantastic job of building the match, putting it into historical context, the way that their their rise paralleled one another. Um, I think that, yes, this could have been a, a much bigger match in a pay-per-view if they would have had more time. Pardon me, if they would have had more time to make the match better. But I thought the build towards the match was fantastic last night. All right. Alyssa is asking, can you tell me some time in wrestling you actually like? How many things did I mention already? <laughs> Jeez, I said Alexa Bliss's promo, Daniel Bryan at the beginning. Uh, other than that, yeah, this this uh, this episode I said from the beginning was average. Now, more than not, I'm usually praising SmackDown. 
So yes, the, there is a, t- a lot of times when, when I'm praising. This was not one of those weeks. But the best moment of that match last night, my or not the best moment, perhaps my favorite moment, I called this out on Twitter, love the continuity nod when they walked over the table and Randy Orton picks up JBL's hat, cowboy hat and sets it down for him nicely there. I just thought that was a great little moment that occurred in the match, a little detail that for me really elevated it, that they think about this stuff. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, because they hyped it up with his dad, you know, obviously, I mean, we know his dad was Cowboy Bob Orton, but uh, yeah, I just thought there was a nice little, nice little touch, as it were, to see him do that. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, when, when we, um, we'll see, uh, oh, what was it, uh, a few weeks ago, when, uh, mm-hmm. it was a Randy, right? Who was it that went over to, uh, what's his name's kids that was going over? Yeah, wasn't it Randy going over to- um, Shane McMahon's kids? Shane's kids, you know, just little things like that during a match where it's kind of like, I don't know, it, it's sort of- unexpected moments for me are a big big part of it and i really liked that last night thought that was nice um all in all which do you think was the better show this week smackdown or raw i would i'd have to say raw again by by a by a hair just because i think samoa joe i think that was uh that helped raw edge out smackdown yeah, I think Raw was was it was a stronger Raw than usual this week, but I think both shows, I think both shows uh did okay. There there weren't a lot of real uh, duds in in either this week. There were some lesser moments, but not anywhere near the depths of what we've seen uh in some of the the lesser weeks. Um, that being said, what's the card looking like right now for Elimination Chamber? We've got the Elimination Chamber match obviously with Baron Corbin, AJ Styles, The Miz, um sorry i'm scrolling yeah, so here. cena styles bray wyatt baron corbin the miz and dean ambrose yeah, by the way did you hear what uh john cena said on talking smack which part uh at the end that uh, about him and aj and no one else is really on their level right now <laughs> in the elimination chamber no i, I missed uh that part of the interview i did watch talking smack last night though it's great to yeah. see daniel bryan back yeah i thought that you know I thought that was interesting, mainly because of, uh, you know, Bray Wyatt's in the match and and he's going to be, you know, most likely the WWE champion after Sunday. But it's kind of interesting uh, hearing Cena say that. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I wonder if it's intentional or not. I thought it was strange that we had the beatdown between Nikki and Natalia and then Cena comes out and awkwardly had to sort of explain him and Nikki's relationship, like why he wasn't phased by it. it's like, hey. Your woman was here earlier and got the crap kicked out of her. We had to sort of cart her out of here. He was like, oh, I wasn't aware that happened. Yeah, that was that was kind of awkward. <laughs> uh, Corbin last night, though, I have to say, I thought Corbin did a really good job. On Talking Smack, he's done these little in-character shoots before. And uh, I thought last night was the best one. I think he's he's really getting the hang of this thing, finally, as far as who his character is. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's better when he's unscripted, I think. Yeah. So, and, so who do you pick for that uh, for the main event? Uh, I don't know. Um, it'll probably be Bray, right? Because from a storytelling point of view, this is their only opportunity to do it at a pay per view. Yeah. Between now and Mania. Um, what about of, Randy Orton and Luke Luke Harper? That's a tough one. I think. You know, I think they're going to give it to Randy again because they're building it towards Mania. I think they want to build Luke, but I don't think they have a storyline for Luke right now. Uh, aside from the whole Wyatt thing, he's he's the odd man out in this right if the if the money feud is going to be bray and randy going into mania then i think with luke they're gonna have to rebuild him and give him a six-week stroman like push to really develop him yeah for the tag titles we got american alpha defending against the ascension he slater and rhino the vaude villains breezango and the usos (laughs) yeah um they can move the. I think they can move the belts to the Usos, but I don't think they've been booking the Usos in a way that suggests that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean that's probably not the worst idea. Um, I, but I, I see American Alpha retaining. Yeah. And then SmackDown Women's Title Match: Alexa Bliss versus Naomi. I would love to see Naomi win, but I don't think she's uh, ready on the mic yet for it. Uh, yeah, I think Alexa Bliss is winning that uh, two-on-one handicap match with Ziggler against Kalisto and Apollo Cruz. I think we all lose uh, that match. We're the, we're the losers in that situation. Yes, it ended with Dolph Ziggler beating down Kalisto and Apollo Cruz. So I'm, I'm guessing Kalisto and Apollo Cruz get get the win here. I poor Dolph, man. Like they they gave him that little push earlier in the year, 
of last year. Like he got or like he, he always he, he it's like every other year he gets a, a a minor a minor you know push and then it's taken away almost immediately. Yep, he, um, he knows what his role is. Natalia versus Nikki Bella. It's got to be Nikki, right? Yep, I would think so. Natalia doesn't need. I mean, there's no, there's no reason whatsoever at this point, unless they think there's more legs in this feud, which I, I don't know. Maybe there's nothing else to do. I mean, Carmella didn't even make it on the, on TV last night. She was uh, like an online video on YouTube for the WWE. So, yeah. yeah. So, so maybe they might continue this beyond it. Mike is asking, do with them doing likely doing Cena and Nikki versus uh, the Miz and Maurice at WrestleMania do we see Cena proposing to Nikki at the end of the match? I think that's kind of, I, I think that's why they would do it, right? That's the rumor. Man, I mean, gotta be. Because they're bringing Cena and Nikki's relationship, you know, on screen for the first time. So I'm, and, you know, using it as part of the storyline. So I'm, I'm sure that, and it's probably Nikki's last, it's her last match as a full-time performer. Uh, she's taking time off after WrestleMania and won't be working a full-time schedule again, at least not for the foreseeable uh, future. So I think the proposal there, if, if that's the case, I think if that match happens, it has to be because of the proposal. There's no other reason to do that, right? Like no one cares about that particular matchup as a wrestling match in and of itself. I think Cena versus the Miz again would actually be very entertaining. You know, I, I hope there's a really good build to that. I think Cena versus the Miz just at this at this stage where where they both are promo wise will be incredible but the, that stipulation in the match i think yeah it's got to lead to a proposal and i think that's the sort of thing that vince mcmahon might be so happy at the idea of that happening at wrestlemania he might actually you know have a heart attack just from sheer joy that that's got televised moment all over it in my opinion yeah i i think if you're putting cena in this kind of a match that's it only makes sense if you if you have that because that will be a, a big a big story the next day at least you know monday eon lines and and like tmz's and stuff like that yeah oh absolutely that'll be huge huge press for wrestlemania uh casey jones is asking do you think we'll get the draft after mania or do you think they'll wait till it was a full year um i think after mania makes the most sense yeah. um so yeah, I, I I think I don't think it'll be until well I guess you could wait till June I think they because they usually don't do it right after Mania right uh, uh, when they did in the past I thought, it, I thought it was like a month after but man we so. could use it we could use the shakeup right now something you know a couple more call ups redistribute things because I feel that we're getting to the bottom of this creative well with the current rosters as they are yeah um, got Becky versus Mickey coming up Be- Becky versus Mickey yep that's the last one I think Mickey takes this one. Yeah, to build it up to give the match more more stakes and more storytelling. I think, uh, you know, they could go... The reason they could... If they want to do something with Becky, Mickey, and Mania, Naomi could win the belt just to get it off Alexa, to get it onto Mickey, to have Mickey hold that title going into Mania. That's, that's the only way I could see something happening with Naomi getting the belt right now. Possibly. I, I, I mean, if they do... Like we mentioned, they pretty much have 10 matches uh, that are kind of set for WrestleMania and they usually have eight to 11. So there's not room for much more. Uh, you, you would think someone was asking what they do with Baron Corbin. I'm guessing they do a multi-person intercontinental title match uh, that would have Ambrose and Baron Corbin and, you know, maybe Ziggler and, and Cruz and Kalisto. Um, and I guess you could do another multi-person women's match for the SmackDown titles, but uh you know, you're, you're running out of spots. And when's the next SmackDown pay-per-view after this is payback. Payback's a raw pay-per-view, right? So we don't have a SmackDown pay-per-view until what? I mean, it's going to be like two months. Uh, no, not even that because uh, payback is at the end of April. So we're not going to have a SmackDown pay-per-view till May. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the same distance between Royal Rumble and Fastlane. Yeah. So it's not, it's not too bad. Yeah, crazy. Uh, so I don't know. I think uh, they've got a this. This is their chance to to do something to to set things in motion for uh, storylines going forward with Elimination Chamber. Now, with this, do you feel like because of the way the card is looking, and because of the proximity coming up to to a really big Royal Rumble, that the the 
the uh, odds are against Elimination Chamber being, I mean, do you think it almost pigeonholes it into being a smaller pay-per-view at this point that is not going to get as much attention because it's SmackDown feels like, aside from the Elimination Chamber match, we don't have huge stakes or anything interesting happening? Well, here's the thing with SmackDown. And, you know, the internet is really behind SmackDown. Like, if you say something about Raw being better than SmackDown, they they go nuts. Um, so SmackDown has kind of become the, the the IWC's show for WWE. And uh, but the the fact of the matter is, it doesn't get as much attention as Raw in general. Uh, the Raw pay per views get more attention than SmackDown, and then you go to the Big Four, uh, which get the most, obviously. So, um, so the the last few SmackDown pay per views have hardly gotten uh, haven't made much of a dent. I mean, they do. I mean, we'll see increases those days, but not near the level of a Raw pay per view. And oh, in terms of side traffic. Yeah, inside the side traffic uh, in interest. Um, you know, network signups that are, you know, coming from, from our side, uh, things like that. Uh, yeah. it, it, and even you look at the comment section, you look at the comment section for a raw versus a SmackDown or a raw pay-per-view versus a SmackDown pay-per-view. It's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a big, it's a big change. So, um, I'd like to see SmackDown get more steam. It's clear that WWE, I mean, just by how they always have their top stars, you know, Samoa Joe debuts, uh, you know, it's on Raw. The Undertaker's now appearing on Raw as opposed to SmackDown where he really should be. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's just clear that they have Raw pegged as the A show and, and SmackDown as the B show again. Well, since we're talking about this on the SmackDown edition of our podcast, let me take a moment and pander to our audience. You are the cooler wrestling fans. You are the cooler people because you are mega into SmackDown. And if you listen to Raj and I talk about it week after week, you can tell that we are, for the most part, we're more into SmackDown too. It's the better show. Those people just watching Raw, they're not cool. Yeah, the the big thing that Raw has is it has more of the unpredictability factor. I think SmackDown is more... It, it's it, it, it's kind of by the numbers. You don't see big surprises, whereas on on Raw you'll see uh, y- y- there's more about what's going to happen element. I don't know, man. Ryan Phillippe showed up on SmackDown like a couple weeks ago, and that was pretty epic, man. Kurt Hawkins just had a great Cruel Intentions reference, you know. Yeah, and that was that, that was huge. That was a big moment, actually. God, SmackDown, they just. You're right about the element of surprise. And I think with the pay-per-views, they it's a self-perpetuating cycle, right? Because you can make the argument that, hey, let's book a big part-timer for a SmackDown run. Let's have them come back, do a SmackDown pay-per-view, have a run. Raw, SmackDown will never be the bigger show if they don't book it even on par with Raw. It's really not a fair competition. Well, you know what Paul Heyman would do back in the day with ECW? And what he, he said he wanted to do with TNA uh, if... if when when there were talks of him joining back in the day and man how different that company would have been if if they did get him but uh with ecw if he brought in someone like a sid vicious or or someone like that he would have one he wouldn't flood it with former stars he would keep like one maybe two max uh to you know to help build the younger guys over and that's what he would say with tna he you know when they had hogan sting and all these guys he would say he he said that he would only have one and I think if you did the part-timer gig, that's fine, but have one on each brand at, at, you know, at the most to, that, to help the younger guys get over and not just keep bringing them back every year just for WrestleMania. So. Well, but the good news is, though, is that SmackDown being a two-hour show, not having that same pressure that Raw has, I feel like SmackDown has done more interesting things storytelling-wise in terms of the type of segments they've done the way they've put more of an emphasis on storytelling and character building, I think that's the strength of it being more under the radar from a WWE point of view. Because with Raw, I mean, look at all the things that we critique Raw, all the problems with Raw. I think that comes from the immense pressure they have for Raw to stay on that level. Yeah, but also, you know, for how long we've been into this brand extension, uh, you know, SmackDown is getting to highlight a lot of the, the other wrestlers that otherwise wouldn't be, but they haven't really moved up to a big star level. You know, like Royal Rumble, you had one SmackDown match on the main card. You know, again, this is mostly in WWE's eyes, but when you look at these, uh, the main cards for these big shows, uh, SmackDown's kind of, you know, it's kind of the same guys that you would expect before the draft happened. Yeah. I mean, how long do you think when we're looking 
years from now in the history books of the second brand extension, how long do you think this one lasts? Uh, well, I mean, I don't think it's 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 necessarily failing or anything. I think it's I, I don't think there's a, an interest for the pay-per-views other than the big four that there used to be for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, I could, I don't know. Because uh, once you do, the, the big problem with WWE, what they did last time, when they made SmackDown the B-Show, well, then people could start missing it and, and their ratings went down and then they stopped caring and people stopped buying the pay-per-view. So then they combined the pay-per-views, but then the ratings kept falling down, house show attendance. So once you establish your B show, it, it's dangerous because then that business is going to, you know, never pick up. And that's what you, to, for a real two brand system, you need two strong brands and, and to try to treat them equally. So there was, I, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, it, one, once they start combining the pay-per-views, I mean, that's usually the, the paintings, on, you know, the, the paints on the wall. Um, there was that photo from a couple months ago. I think, uh, what was it? Reno, the SmackDown house show on a Monday uh going up against monday night raw that was in the bay area um how, what have you been hearing about the attendance of these monday night smackdown smaller market shows they've been doing uh they've been they've been really poor but yeah. you would expect I, I mean i think a raw live event would be doing the same if, you know if it was up on a tuesday against smackdown just it's early in the week it's a live event not a tv taping so uh but in general um Raw has been uh, getting much more, you know, their attendance has been a lot better in SmackDown. I don't know how much of that is factoring the Monday numbers into it, but it's still mm -hmm. you, you, the, the Raw house shows do better. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to see just the, the logistics, of how this works out. How long is the WWE deal with USA? How much longer does that have on it? I think it's 2018. Oh, I, I don't think they're in danger of, of, losing usa at all i don't think they're in danger of losing but that obviously sometimes forces the hand like decisions are sometimes made depending on how that goes in terms of the amount of revenue or the money that's promised the downside right etc and and you know their their ratings have dropped every year if they drop another 10 15 percent this year at the, you know when football season starts another 10 uh you know you'll have to you'll have to wonder if they'll get the same kind of deal that they got before yeah yeah uh, right now, Matt Morgan is scheduled to join us on the uh, uh, Elimination Chamber review show. Yes, so. he's been in Hawaii, and it looks like he's having a fantastic time if you follow him on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so cool, man. Uh, let's touch quickly upon Seth Rollins and what's going on with him, and also Finn Balor while we're at it. Uh, so what's, what's up with Seth? Uh, Seth, so it looks like he's going to be able to make WrestleMania. Dave Meltzer said that WWE has, uh, behind the scenes, said that they're proceeding as, as, as if Rollins can make it. Uh, obviously, I doubt his knee will be 100%. I'm sure they're going to have to work a, a safer match. And, and yeah, but yeah, so that match is, is a go. You know, I think from a storytelling point of view, they, this actually will help the story, right? Because Seth can talk about how even with the the injury, even with that, that he wants Triple H that bad, that he wants to do this. I don't know. I think uh, from a storytelling point of view, this is good. But, I mean, Seth did so well when he came back from his injury last year in terms of his perspective, his motivation, his hunger. And I think this this puts it, in the grand scheme of things, this is great for putting that front and center in the fans' minds once again. Yeah, my concern is that they have Triple H win this match when Seth Rollins really needs it. Um, yeah. you, you know, Seth Rollins was supposed to be the company, you know, Raw's top baby face. And, uh, and he's kind of been, you know, he hasn't gotten to the level that he should be at because of how he's been booked. I don't think him losing at mania does him any favors. And I could see them doing a storyline where triple H just pounds on the knee and works the knee and, and beats Rollins. And then they do, you know, a, a rematch of the next raw pay-per-view where Seth gets his win back. But you know, it's the mania match that people remember. Yeah, and I don't think Triple H needs to be doing more than that Mania appearance right now. I think, you know, if it's special and they're going to use it like it's special, keep it special, don't have him show up for payback. Uh, but who knows? And uh, with Finn, so what's what's the word on that? Everything I'm seeing on the internet says things are uh, actually progressing and we might be getting something in the coming months. Yeah, it looks like he should be, uh, I'm guessing he'll be doing something at WrestleMania. Wow. Whether that's, I mean, he could be a surprise in the Andre Battle Royal. Um He's not pegged for a, a top match right now, but um, you know that could always always change. I, I, you know, the, some people are saying Finn versus Samoa Joe. Um, 
I, you know, and that's easily something they could do because Samoa Joe doesn't really have anything right now and he's getting a big push. Now, Owens benefited the most from Finn's injury. Do you think Owens is going to be the one that suffers of the main guys once Finn comes back? Do you think it's going to edge him out and they keep Strowman in that upper picture? Or who do you think uh, gets bumped to make room for Finn? I don't know if they'll go all the way with Finn right when he comes back. Usually when someone comes back from injury, uh, unless it's someone established as a real top guy, they they kind of go down a notch before building him back up. So I'm sure Finn will be back in the main event, you know, uh, picture this summer, but probably not until probably not right off the bat, but yeah. it's, you know, it's looking like Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, you need fresh blood at the top. So, you know, that'll be good with, with Finn back. Cool, man. So anything else we should touch upon before we take this home? Uh, I think that's about it. Cool, everybody. Well, thanks for tuning in once again to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. If you like it, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, I was going to say YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review or a rating. Follow me on Ra- Ra- Raj on Twitter. Our links are in the show notes. And follow Wrestling Inc., of course, for all the Elimination Chamber news as we head towards that pay-per-view on Sunday. Raj, myself, Matt Morgan will be here immediately after the pay-per-view ends to discuss everything that happened. You know, again, not to, to under... Uh, put too fine a point on it but three uh women's matches on the card sunday night which is cool i I mean if you're a fan of women's wrestling and that whole women's evolution this is definitely uh more proof that the wwe takes that seriously yeah we'll we'll see with alexa bliss and naomi alexa's still a little green uh with her ring work so um we'll see how that goes but i think uh nikki and natalia has the potential to be really good and i think uh Mickey and Becky Lynch should be really good. So uh, looking forward to those. Cool, everybody. So until next time, I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and I'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.